are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic or lethargic and weak? Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now, here's Dr. Marianne. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase and I am just so thrilled to be with you again today. Today, I have a very special guest who will be talking about over-the-counter items that you need on hand to weather the bad cold and all of that flu season stuff, even though it is spring here in the Northern Hemisphere, it is still at towards the end of that cold and flu season. So we'll be talking about all of that today. But Before I get into that, I would like to let everybody know how you can connect with me, which is on my Facebook page, The Healing Whisper, as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, and my website, TheHealingWhisper.com. And please don't forget to head on over to VoiceAmerica.tv. Check out the videos over there at The Healing Whisper, Mary Ann's Garden. And I have lots of videos about gardening and gardening mindfully as well as healthfully. And I also have this wonderful disclaimer and the show is for educational and informational purposes only it is not intended to treat diagnose heal or cure anything everything contained in the show is strictly the opinion of myself dr marianne chase and today's guests dr georgia pasadis and please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. And so I would like to welcome Dr. Georgia Pesadis to the show. Welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you, Dr. Marianne, so much. It's a pleasure to be here. You are certainly welcome. And before we get started with our subject, let's uh, let me tell the audience all about you, or at least a little bit about you. Dr. Georgia Pesadis is a pharmacist and a nutraceuticals meets pharmaceuticals integration expert. She earned her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences in Boston and is currently finishing her MBA from Quinnipiac University. I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but she is a certified diabetes patient educator and certified immunizing pharmacist. Pesadis has extensive experience working in cross-functional roles between business and medicine, holding positions in marketing, regulatory affairs, and medical affairs, specializing in oncology, ophthalmics, and cardiovascular disease. She currently is owner and CEO of Healthy Solutions Pharmacy Consulting and serves as Associate Director of ECP Marketing for Shire. Pesadis is an innovator in creating communication strategies for pharmaceutical information and wellness to patients and businesses alike. She's delivered hundreds of lectures around the world on nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals, integration, and managed care. Pesadis sits on the board of trustees for the Hellenic Nursing and Rehab Center and is a member of the board of trustees for the Women's Hellenic Benevolent Association. And so, once again, welcome, Georgia. Now, thank you so much. Thank you for the for the background. Yeah, it is extensive. And so, uh, just out of curiosity, how do you pronounce the university where you're receiving your MBA? It's actually in Connecticut. It's called Quinnipiac. So you were pretty close. Quinnipiac. Well, that uh, sounds like a Native American name or something along those lines. <laughs> it's 
It's a mouthful, absolutely. (laughs) Well, today we're going to be talking about the cold and flu season and and really the things that people need on hand to battle the cold and flu season. And uh, really, my first question really comes in the area of the pharmaceuticals that people tend to seek out to battle the bad colds. And uh, so I've always had the opinion, now uh, strictly the opinion, that uh, pharmaceuticals for colds can actually, in the long run, extend the bad cold and if not make it worse. Now, that has been just my own personal experience. Uh, what is your opinion on that particular thing? <laughs> That's a great point. And I think the problem is, and the misconception is, is that cold and flu are caused by viruses. And people go seeking out antibiotics from their physician, thinking that they might have a bacterial infection of some sort when they do have in, actually the cold and the flu. So when you're taking these antibiotics, ultimately you're not targeting um, the virus. Antibiotics target bacteria. And so you're kind of inappropriately taking prescription medications thinking that, you know, it's going to make you better and it's going to decrease the time of your cold. But honestly, it really does nothing other than unfortunately provide antibiotic resistance for then later on if you do get something like a bacterial infection and not a viral infection, potentially could make your uh, bacterial infection worse and actually not being able to use those antibiotics anymore. So I always tell my patients and everybody, my friends and family, if you do have the signs and the symptoms of a cold or a flu, which are more along the lines of fever, um, you know, upper respiratory, like you're coughing, um, you have a runny nose, that's most likely um, the cold or the flu if you do have a fever. So it's really not necessary that you go to your physician and get antibiotics because they're really overused in America. And a lot yeah. of the times they're not even targeting the proper thing. You're really targeting bacteria versus viruses, which is most likely what you have. Well, and uh, so many of the cold remedies that you see out there that are more pharmaceutical than uh, anything else, they will actually dry out the mucous membranes and stop a cough, which may not be necessarily the best thing to do um, because, as I understand it, drying out your nose, even though it's stuffy and you're sneezing and all of that, uh, actually allows that virus a better entry into the body. Is that the case? That's actually a wonderful point because what's happening is that, again, people are inappropriately using them at high doses and excessive amounts. Um, and to some you know, degree, our body is producing mucus and you're coughing and you're sneezing is because your body is trying to rid themselves of that mucus and and the stuff that is in your nose. So what happens is that if you are taking them just because you have a slight runny nose and you're taking them, you could potentially, you know, have a situation where if it is dry, the bacteria um, have, are are kind of getting a, a place to live and you're not being able to rid yourself of them. Really what these medicines are doing is they're alleviating the symptoms, right? They're not making you any better. They're not curing, um, per se, your cold or your flu. They're really just alleviating the symptoms. Now, long-term, there's no long-term safety issues, um, you know, with uh, cold and flu medications from the degree of, you know, that you can get long-term infections and things along those lines. But definitely, ultimately, using them in moderation, only when you do really truly need them um, and not, you know, t- taking them when not necessary and taking them at high doses is really not suggested. So I tell everybody, if you really have a bad cold or you really have um, the flu and you're, you have an excessively runny nose, you know, taking them in moderation um, for one or two days is, is okay. You definitely don't want to keep taking them for long periods of time because you could definitely potentially have some long-term effects. Okay, so now what uh, nutraceuticals or nutritionals do you recommend when a person is beginning to feel the symptoms of a bad cold or even flu? Yes, so really what we're trying to do and the key component here is boosting your immune system. 
And there are a lot of vitamins like vitamin C and vitamin D that really focus on fighting, um, you know, and, and, you know, immune uh, response types of uh, events that go on. So things that are like the cold or the flu, which are caused by viruses and taking vitamin C and vitamin D daily um, throughout kind of the cold season. So instead of just taking them, you know, when you get the actual cold or flu, when you know that you're in that season, when we all know our kids are coming home and they're coughing and sneezing, um, you know, you're in the workplace and you have everybody around you that's coughing and sneezing and touching their keyboards and touching the handles. During that season, which really starts around January and goes until May, um, really loading up on your vitamin C and your vitamin D. And you can buy these over the counter at your local pharmacy. There's a variety of great options. There's organic options, which are preservative free and gluten free um, and vegan as well. So anything that includes vitamin C or vitamin D um, is a great option during this time of the year. And are there different forms of vitamin C? I have heard of a form of vitamin C called liposomal uh, that might work better. Uh, Are you familiar with those? Yes. So that's a great point. So there are different forms of vitamin C and vitamin D. And the way that our body absorbs them is very different. So for vitamin D, for example, this is a key one. And I always mention this one a little bit more than vitamin C. Um, is vitamin D, actually, because our body naturally um, has a better chance of absorbing vitamin D3. And usually, a lot of the -the over-the-counter will include either vitamin D2 or vitamin D3. And it's really important when you're looking for a vitamin D to find vitamin D, because that's the one that our body absorbs best. So just turn over the bottles and you can read them. Some of them include two, vitamin D2, and some include vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 is the best absorbed by our body and it's the best option. So when you are looking for vitamin D3, that is the best one. Great. Now, I know that uh, you can take as much vitamin C as you can actually swallow, and there's no harm. But how about vitamin D3? It is an oil-based vitamin, which means that the, isn't there the possibility that you can take too much? Yes. So there's um, fat-soluble vitamins, um, that, like you mentioned, which are vitamin A, D, E, and K. So I tell everybody, you know, think of that acronym um, in regards to the ones that you really want to be careful with um, in regards to taking higher doses or over the recommended dose. Um, and you really do want to be careful. Make sure that you are reading the bottles and you're taking the recommended doses of vitamin D because it is one of those fat-soluble vitamins where it does get absorbed into your tissues and that it is making sure that your body is metabolizing it, but you want to make sure you're taking it at the right doses so you're not, you're not exceeding the recommended daily dosing. Um, and vitamin D, like you said, is definitely one of those. So it's really important that you take only the recommended amount. And all of the OTC um, products do a great job of including the dosing on the back. So just turn it over um, and take a look and make sure that you're reading the back of it. And usually it's um, you know around 1,000 to 2,000 units for vitamin D. So, but if you're pregnant or you're older, um, you're over the age of 70, there are specific types of recommended daily dosing, and those are all always usually listed on the back of the um, vitamin D bottle. Okay. That's that's very good to know and uh, uh, very good to know, basically. You also mentioned probiotics. Now, what is the advantage of taking a probiotic to preventing a cold or flu? So probiotics are wonderful because, again, it's going back to that concept of boosting your immune system and doing it throughout the year instead of just doing it right when you're sick can really help prevent long-term, you know, you getting colds or getting flus. So what antibiotics do is you're introducing um, natural, you know, bacteria like lactobacillus is a very common one um, to your body and really helping normalize your system, your normal flora. And that really helps, especially during high, you know, seasons of cold and flu. I always, um, you know, I'm usually taking an antibi- a, a probiotic every day. And during the cold and flu season, if I start noticing that, um, you know, I'm, I'm get- feeling a little under the weather, I might also introduce like a yogurt because a lot of yogurts also include probiotics. So I usually take an oral probiotic every day. And then during the high- height of cold and flu season, I'll also introduce like yogurt um, every day so I can really make sure that I'm boosting my immune system, I'm normalizing my, my, my flora, and that way it kind of helps me get through that season. 
Now, when it comes to purchasing a uh, probiotic in pill form, uh, what should a person look for? There are a lot of great brands um, over-the-counter for probiotics. Um, there's a brand called Floristar. It's a, it's a great brand. It has pretty much every, um, you know, uh, lactobacillus and the others that you need for your body's normal flora. I also use Daily Body Restore. That's another one of my favorites. You can order that on Amazon. Um, but really what you're looking for is something that is preservative-free, gluten-free, um, vegan. You really want to make sure that you're not also introducing yourself a lot of different, you know, a lot of these probiotics might have coloring in them um, and different things that can on honestly have a worse effect than the, the benefits that you're getting from the probiotics. So I always look for a probiotic that's gluten-free, um, vegan, preservative-free, and you can buy a lot of those over-the-counter or you can order them on Amazon. Okay. Now, uh, I also take probiotics, but personally, I, I take that in the form of my own fermented foods and uh, I People sometimes prefer to do that. Now, have you found that uh, fermented foods, truly fermented foods like sauerkraut and kombucha and all of that are good as well for getting the probiotics into the system? Yes, absolutely. If you're somebody that takes it better as like a liquid or um, like you said, true fermented. So it's really important that you read the labels actually see, the fer- you know, is it truly fermented, the fermentation process. And the only thing I tell people to look out, if you are going to be doing that instead of taking the pill, just look out to see the con- the sugar content. Because a lot of those things in liquid forms don't taste that great. So the way that they make them taste better is by adding a lot of sugar. You, know, yeah. you want to obviously limit the amount of sugar you're intaking. So the kombucha drinks, I love those. They're really great. There are a lot of great brands out there you can get from Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. But definitely read the label because some, some of them have a tremendous amount of sugar in them. Um, and I always tell everybody during the cold and flu season to kind of limit the amount of sugar that you're intaking just to ensure that your probiotics are being absorbed better. Great. Well, it is time for a break, folks. And so when we come back, we will continue with this conversation. Don't go away. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit thehealingwhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit thehealingwhisper.com and click coaching. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase with my special guest today, Georgia Pesaitis, a pharmacist. And we are talking about preventing and healing from a bad cold as well as uh, possibly the flu. And uh, it depends on... uh, 
where you pick it up and what it is. And so my next question has to deal with a nemesis, a personal nemesis, and that is cold sores. Now, I personally uh, was first infected with the herpes simplex virus probably when I was less than two years old because my mother tells stories that I stopped sucking my thumb all at once and they diagnosed it as trench mouth. Now, in those days, that was what they thought it was, but now I know it was probably the initial infection of the herpes virus. And I have cold sores ever since then, and slowly but surely, I've been able to knock that out. Now, I know you talk a lot about cold sores, so uh, Dr. Georgia, could you give us a little bit about some of the natural help when it comes to cold sore treatment? Yes, absolutely. And believe it or not, I'm a cold sore sufferer myself. So I know your pain and your suffering. um, because (laughs) It's really um, a difficult situation. Because like you said, most people are exposed to the HSV-1 virus as a child. Now you could go through your life and not get an outbreak until you're an adult. And like you said, a lot of times when we were younger, they were saying, Oh, it's it's just a fever blister, you're going to get sick. Um, But people don't realize is that once you get the HSV-1 virus, you actually have it for life, and it lives dormant within the nerves, um, and it can resurface at any time. So it's definitely one of those uh, viruses that, unfortunately, once you get it, you have it forever. And according to the World Health Organization, two-thirds, believe it, of the population actually gets cold sores or has the HSV-1 virus. So um, with treatment options, I uh, personally use Abio. It's spelled A-U-B-I-O, and that's a cold sore treatment gel. And that actually is made um, from a company called Abio. And um, I work with this company, and I've been using this product now for about six months, and I've gotten about two cold sores. And what it really does is it alleviates that itching, burning sensation that you get. And a lot of cold sore sufferers out there, they know what I'm talking about. Dr. Marianne, you probably know this feeling that kind of initial burning and itching sensation that you get. Um, oh, yeah. It, it really <laughs> helps soothe that because it has lidocaine in it. Um, unlike a lot of other over-the-counter products, it does have lidocaine hydrochloride in it. So what it really does is helps alleviate and soothe that, that itching and that burning sensation, which I like uh, can't, can't get enough of because mine is always very itchy and dry. And another uh, really important thing is to really keep it moist. Um, and Avio Cold Sore Treatment Gel does that. It keeps it really moist. It has aloe in it. So it really helps ah. keep that cold sore moist. Misconception is, and you've probably heard this, is dry it out the best you can because if you dry it out, it'll heal faster. It's actually a misconception. The worst thing to do is to dry it out. You want to really keep it moist. You want to use a product that has a nice moisture in it um, to really help that healing process and get it to go away um, versus drying it out. A lot of misconceptions, a lot of funny things people use over the counter, but you really want to use something that will keep it moist and, and alleviate that itching and burning sensation so you're not uncomfortable. I also use um, a vitamin called lysine. And lysine, mm-hmm. again, is an over-the-counter vitamin that you can get. It's an amino acid. Um, and I take that pretty much every single day um, with, before the seasons that I know I'm getting a lot of cold sores. So I get a lot of them in the summer because the excessive sun exposure um, during the winter time because it's extremely cold. So I'm consistently taking lysine um, to help kind of decrease the amount of outbreaks that I get and really help boost my immune system. So that way, you know, if I am getting run down, if you know you're stressed out, you probably know this. Any any um, triggers like stress, cold, um, you know, hot weather can really give you an outbreak. So it, it's definitely um, one of those uh, options that you can just take orally every day and then use something like an obvio, a cold sore treatment gel that you can put on when you actually do have the cold sore. Right, and another trigger, at least I, I live in Colorado, and uh, in when I was skiing back in the day, uh, I'd always get a cold sore, and it, it, it came to me that the cold and the drying of the on the ski slopes, and it, it didn't matter 
eventually, whether I was on the slopes or just shoveling the snow, uh, the cold and the drying effect, because at least here in Colorado, it is very dry, especially in the winter. So any kind of stress. I'd also like to mention, just as a dentist, people will get a version of the cold store sore not on their lips, but actually on their gums. And it's technically, it's called an aphthous ulcer. And those are extraordinarily painful. And again, they're caused by stress. And I, I can't tell you the best way to help with the pain of those. You know, you don't worry about those getting dried out because they're in the mouth. But the best way to help with the pain is Go to your dentist and ask if you can have a little bit of their topical numbing gel and just put a little Q-tip on that aphthous ulcer and it will relieve the pain. So in any case, uh, so now, Dr. George, have you discovered anything that lessens the time that it takes for this seven to 10 days uh, for the cold sore to run its cycle? Unfortunately, myself as a cold sore sufferer, you know, I've, I've been at this for years since I was in middle school. Um, and I just, I have not, um, and really according to the data there, there are, you know, over the counter, um, and there are so are some prescription treatment options that are antiviral, um, that, Unfortunately, what the data says is that sometimes the virus has to live out its cycle. Um, so the second that you get it, um, most times, you know, there's very rare occasions that's not the case, but most times the virus is going to live out the cycle. So it will go through its 7 to 10 day cycle um, and then you'll shed the virus. And there's even viral shedding to post um, the actual blisters. So I always tell people to be a little bit careful um, you know, when you do have a true blister, do not share uh, utensils, do not share cups, do not share drinking water bottles. And definitely, if you wipe it with a towel, don't let, you know, your significant other also use that same towel because that virus does live on even surfaces um, for hours after exposure to it. And we also go through viral shedding post that 7 to 10 or 7 to 14 day period of time where the virus is still shedding itself. But unfortunately, I really haven't found any oral or topical treatment options for myself that have lessened my, you know, my overall time because I've noticed that once I get the true outbreak, my, the cycle usually lives itself out. Sometimes it's seven days, sometimes it's 10. Um, but it's really important. What I've noticed is just keeping it moist really does help um, keep that process from being any longer versus drying it out and really not letting, giving it a chance to heal. Okay. Now, I have heard... Uh, from other individuals that the essential oil, Melissa, will lessen the time period. Now, I personally have not had the opportunity to use it, thank goodness. (laughs) But uh, have you heard about any essential oils or specifically Melissa as uh, a help? Yes, I have. And I've used probably every single one of them that exists on the market um, okay. Melissa is um, a type of lemon um, essential oil, um, and it, what it, the data that's out there to say that it it treats you know HSV one and cold sores, and there is some preliminary HSV two data. Um, like many you know essential oils, vitamins um, that are not necessarily prescription treatment options, the data to really support that it shortens the time is really not there. Um, but have I heard that a lot of individuals do get um, a great amount of relief from using essential oils like, like Melissa or that lemon balm um, and also eucalyptus oil. I've heard that as well. Chamomile oil, tea tree oil. Um, I've heard all of those things um, from an essential oil standpoint. I've used them all and I've never noticed anything shortening the time, but definitely helping alleviate those symptoms. Um, that, that kind of undertone, if it has like a peppermint or eucalyptus undertone, really helps that kind of like um, that, you know, kind of burning, itching sensation that you get. But unfortunately for me, in my experience, I haven't got anything that shortens the time, but definitely the essential oils help alleviate those symptoms that we get, um, that a lot of cold sore sufferers get. Right, yeah. yeah. It just seems like that there should be some way to get rid of that herpes simplex virus, just period, out of the body all 
together. But uh, apparently something has not surfaced yet. Even my acupuncturist says, sorry, I can just keep your channels clear. That's about it. Okay, so now... Is there anything else? We've, we've talked about probiotics. We've talked about the B12, vitamins D and C. Are there any other supplements that we should have on hand uh, for what's left of our cold and flu season? Yes, absolutely. And you know what's funny is I tell everybody, cold and flu season starts you know, a little bit before January, and it actually does go to the end of May. So we're, you know, we still have, and especially with this season having had this uh, extensively uh, uh, difficult strain of the flu. Um, you know, we're, we're pushing out still till May, so we still have a month or two. Um, what I tell everybody, and I think a great over-the-counter option that you can take every single day to help uh, boost that immune system, help, um, you know, keep yourself healthy and optimize your health throughout the year is taking a multivitamin. A lot of people, you know, have kind of overlooked that, oh, yeah, I'm going to take more specialty every day, different types of vitamins. But really, if you can take a multivitamin every day, and then also in addition to a multivitamin, add on things like vitamin C during the height of the cold and flu season and cold sore season, um, taking a multivitamin every day is a great option. It really helps just normalize the immune system, keeps your body uh, going, and really optimizes your overall health. And then eating well. I know I, you know, it's something we say to everybody and we talk about it all the time, but if taking a multivitamin and then also you know, just eating you know, three well-balanced meals a day really can get through that the year, but also the cold and flu season um, much better because you're already kind of preventing um, your, you know, yourself from getting run down by making sure that you're doing those things. Okay, great. Now, um, always the best thing is prevention. And uh, so what are some of the best prevention strategies that you can recommend? I tell everybody, and you know, I tell this to myself too, and I know it's difficult, is really just trying to get 30 minutes of activity every day, whether it's, you know, taking a brisk walk, taking your dog on a walk, you know, uh, you know walking or running on the treadmill, or even just going to the gym. If you could get three days worth of 30 minutes minimum, um, you know, you really are doing yourself a great benefit from a cardiovascular standpoint, which you know, um, and you talk about all the time. And really from an overall standpoint of your health and just boosting your immune system, getting your body going really does do that. And then going back to just eating well, um, eating, you know, if you can, boosting, um, you know, green vegetables during the height of the cold and flu season, that also helps. Um, and taking, you know, uh, vitamins and minerals, those are great options throughout the year to really help prevent your, your cold and flu um, and keeping yourself overall just healthy, mental health, um, physical health. And all of those things go together to really optimize your overall health um, and getting yourself through the year and getting yourself through the cold and flu season. But I also do tell everybody, and the CDC, CDC still recommends everybody does get their flu shot. Even with the strain of the flu being a little bit different this year, they do still recommend everybody get their flu shot. And that's something that I, I do tell everybody, all my friends and family and my patients, is you, the CDC still recommends you do get your flu shot. Um, and especially those at high risk, like the elderly um, and, and those uh, women who are pregnant. Okay. And um, now, you, you, you speak a lot about uh, washing your hands. And if you don't have available uh, soap and water, that uh, you can carry along these uh, hand cleaners, uh, like, uh, oh, gel cleaners right now I have I have heard that uh, well some of those gel cleaners have a lot of alcohol in them as well as a uh, antibacterial that may not be really safe how important is it to use antibacterial soaps and hand cleaners uh, or is it just better to use a just a regular uh, uh, wet wipe as for example you make a great point all of those um, antibacterial antiviral um, you know purell um, in any gel hand sanitizers and in general, should all be used in moderation um, because to some degree you don't want to rid your, your hands completely of 
the good bacteria, right? There's obviously bad bacteria that exist that we get from um, like rhinovirus, which causes the cold and influenza, which causes the flu. Um, but to some degree, we have some good bacteria on our hands. And that's why I tell everybody hand washing is the best option because you're not really killing all of the bacteria and completely drying out your hands. You're really just ridding um, your, yourself of, of the viruses and bacteria that could be potentially, um, you know, cultivating on your hands. So I tell everybody hand washing technique is the best option. So if you can wash your hands, and I tell everybody do the happy birthday song quickly in your head. Um, and that really, it solidifies that good 30 seconds of hand washing. Um, and really making sure you're cleaning under your nails and in between your fingers. Cause that's where, you know, the viruses really love to live is in these kind of warm, you know, con- you know, con- confined little areas. So I think hand washing technique is my number one option. But if you don't have that option, say you're at work or you're running around, you can't get to the bathroom or a sink, you can use, um, you know, wet wipes um, or antibacterial options. But like you said, using those in moderation is really my suggestion because you don't want to be completely ridding your hands. And also they're very, very drying. Alcohol is very, very drying and using those more than three to four times a day can really potentially kind of even break down the skin, which is even worse than, you know, um, just regularly washing your hands. Right, right. Well, it is time for the break. I, I have a couple of other things that I'd like to bring up about this hand washing uh, thing. And so uh, when we come back from the break, we'll get into that. So folks, don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase with my special guest today, Dr. Georgia Pesedas. And uh, before we get back into our conversation about hand sanitizing and cleaning, uh, Dr. Georgia, can you let our audience know how to connect with you? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can either follow me on social media on Twitter, and I always uh, put, put a lot of great interesting posts about the cold season and cold and flu and cold sores, um, and that's at G Pesedis, so it's about G-P-A-S-E-D-I-S-R-X on Twitter or under Georgia Pesedis on Instagram. You can direct message me or even reach out to me via email at uh, healthysolutionsrxconsulting at gmail.com. Great. Now, all of those connections, those links are on this Voice America site for this particular show as well. So you don't have to, if you're driving, you don't necessarily have to write it down right now. So we were talking about cleaning hands and about how it's 
best to use soap and water, just plain old good old soap and water while you sing the happy birthday song. Now, one of the other things that I have seen recently about hand washing, especially in public bathrooms, that it's actually splatters more hand bacteria if you use those air dryers versus a paper towel. Have you seen that, Dr. Yes. And, you know, the thing is with, with uh, hand washing, and I tell everybody, it's really, it's not technically the soap. It's actually the friction that you produce on your hands. Um, and that, that motion of going up and down actually is what usually kills the viruses and the bacteria. So Seriously. So you really focus on the friction, that's what helps get rid of it versus the actual soap itself. Well, you know, that's something I, I learned something new today. <laughs> So it's the friction. So if you pull out a paper towel and just, for example, the public bathroom is out of soap. And so just use water and dry your hands off is better than nothing, huh? Yes, absolutely. And I always do suggest if you can use um, something other than your hands to open the doors, because that's where a majority of the bacteria lives. And the data really supports that is the handles on the bathroom stalls. And the bathroom doors is what really carries all of those bacteria and those viruses. And even, believe it or not, the actual hands to the sink. So if you can really, you know, close them with your elbow or, you know, use a paper towel and close it, um, that's usually your best option. So trying to avoid, you know, grabbing anything after you've washed your, your hands is always the best option. Right, right, right. And uh, you also mentioned something about hand warmers, those activated hand warmers. What's up with that? So these hand warmers are all the rage this year, it seems, during the cold season. Um, And a lot of individuals uh, who do skiing like you do, um, you know, who might go out and, and shovel snow, actually put them in their gloves. And they keep them in their gloves. Now, I tell everybody to be very careful with those because you don't want to use them past a certain amount of time. So every hand warmer brand has a little bit of a different time slot of how long you want to use hand warmers for. for. So I tell everybody, just be very cognizant of not overly using them and keeping them in there too long because you definitely don't want to, um, you know, uh, weaken the skin. So being careful in regards to putting it directly on the skin um, and anywhere other than your actual hands. I tell people, don't put them in your, you know, some people put them in their pants, um, you know, inside their pants so they can, keep their, their, you know, stomach warm. I tell people to avoid that because you really don't want that, that excessive heat being on parts of the skin that might be a little bit thinner or weaker. Um, it's really just meant to be used on your hands. And I tell everybody, putting them inside your gloves is, is okay, but not for an extensive period of time. Now, the extensive period of time is because... What happens is that um, it's just exposing yourself to that heat uh, could possibly break down the skin. Um, oh, okay. I always I tell everybody it's it's really important to follow the directions that are on the packages because a lot of people open the package and they throw it away and then they said oh I don't really know how long I'm supposed to keep this on I'll just keep it on all day um, and so they keep them in their gloves you know wh- whether they're shoveling or they're skiing all day um, they'll keep them inside their gloves and it just weakens sometimes the skin um, so it's really important to just make sure that you're following the the hourly um, recommended timing for a lot of those hand warmers. It's just because of the okay. fear of breaking down the skin. Yeah. Now, during the break, we were discussing some of these things, and uh, you mentioned the use of face masks. Now, where I live, I'm not seeing a lot of this use of face masks, but uh, when we look at TV, uh, say, in many of the Asian countries, you almost see everybody has on a face mask. Now, I always wore a face mask when I was in practice just to prevent it was actually not protecting the patient from me. It was protecting me from the patient. Now, is that why people are wearing face masks is to protect themselves from other people or the other way around? What's up with that? Exactly. And that's the misconception with these face masks. Now, a decade ago, the Asian countries were wearing them because if you remember, um, it was a while ago, the avian bird flu, right? That was at an all-time high in Asian countries and people were wearing them um, in those countries. But they also had um, the, high, the high-tech ones. Um, and you, in practice, 
probably use the more expensive ones that are bi-directional flow, meaning that you can't spit anything out on the patient and the patient can't get anything. Uh, you, whatever the patient, uh, you know, c- comes out of the patient's mouth doesn't get onto you. But a lot right. of these ones that they sell over the counter at your local CVS um, or Walgreens or any of the local pharmacies um, are usually unidirectional flow. They're not as high tech as everybody thinks they are. And what they're really doing is they're preventing you from spitting things out. So if you're sick, the very nice and considerate thing to do on the airplane, which is where we see most of these as people on the airplane, it's very nice for you to consider wearing one if you are sick. That way you're not contaminating everything around you because those masks will keep it within the fibers of the actual mask. So you're not spitting out the viruses if you have a cold or a flu. But what people don't realize is that you wearing the mask believe it or not, if, if you're buying it over the counter, is really not protecting you as much as you might think it is. Viruses can still penetrate those masks from the other side. Um, so from you getting it, those masks aren't necessarily doing exactly what you think they are. Unless you order them online and you buy the medical grade ones, like you probably used to have in practice medical grade masks. Sure. Um, when a, a lot of pharmacies use them when they're compounding medications. A lot of doctors use them in, the, in hospitals. Those are actually medical grade, but those are the ones that you're buying over the counter. So unfortunately, it's not actually doing exactly what you think it is. If you're wearing it and you're trying to prevent from getting sick, unfortunately, viruses can still penetrate um, those, those uh, you know, cheaper masks that you buy um, over the counter at a pharmacy. Well, and the other thing that I've heard about mask wearing, and I I know this to be a fact (laughs) personally, is that you can actually recirculate uh, your own uh, viruses and bacteria that you're actually supposed to be getting out, and uh, that can actually cause you to get sick sooner. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I tell everybody, if you are going to be doing this mask situation, to be throwing them out. Um, don't keep re-wearing them day in and day out and hour after hour because a lot of people do that. I do see a lot of individuals just reusing the same mask because, you know, even in the, in the medical setting. Um, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst thing you could do. You've got to throw the masks away. They're cheap enough that you can, you can use another one um, and you won't feel bad for the environment and you're being, you know, wasteful um, because, like you said, you are just introducing yourself to that, your own bacteria that could potentially be the cold virus or the flu virus. Right. And, and, well, you see, what happened to me is I accidentally picked up one of my chairside assistance masks, and uh, she carries a particular pneumonia virus. <laughs> so, guess what? I got pneumonia. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, throw wow. them away. <laughs> and that was a number of years ago. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine now. But uh, anyway, is there anything else, Dr. George? that uh, you would like to discuss with our audience about colds and flu season that we haven't covered? I think we covered a lot today um, and definitely a lot of great content. I I think um, as a cold sore sufferer and now knowing that you're a cold sore sufferer, um, I do tell everybody that it's super important um, to to make sure that you're always carrying something around for cold sores. The best thing you can do is treat them um, with, you know, over-the-counter topical products like an Obvio, like taking a lysine every day. And then also for just cold and flu season, I tell everybody, making sure you're taking your vitamins throughout the year will really help get through that season. Um, and I tell everybody to just be more cognizant of individuals who are coughing and sneezing around you. Try not to be giving, every, you know, your loved one kisses um, if, if they are the, the person coughing and sneezing. And making sure that you're taking care of your own health and boosting your immune system throughout the year will really overall uh, optimize your health from a vitamin and mineral standpoint, making sure you're taking your vitamins and minerals and also making sure that, you know, you're trying to get exercise in, but also making sure that you're, you're eating a well-balanced diet. And I think overall that will help optimize health um, and keep everybody uh, happy and healthy throughout the year. Right. And, and, you did mention something that I, I think that uh, we need a little advice on. When you are around people that are coughing and sneezing and have the onset of whatever, um, what is the best thing that you can recommend to protect yourself? We've talked about the hand washing. We've talked about not sharing uh plates, glasses, utensils, that sort of thing. Uh, what other things 
can you recommend to help a person protect themselves just even from their own family member? (laughs) Right, absolutely. And I tell everybody, you know, uh, an air hug goes a long way because it all comes from direct contact, right? So the virus can only go so far when you sneeze or you cough. So if you're not constantly hugging and kissing that person, you know, you have a better chance of not getting that or being, you know, being contagious by that virus. So I tell everybody, if you do notice and you see those telltale signs, I know we love our friends and family and our coworkers, but it's so important to just kind of keep your distance um, and making sure that if you're going to give somebody a hug, give them a quick hug, but avoiding, um, you know, those kisses on the cheek, kisses on the lips, um, when you know that person is sick or even has a cold sore, um, because honestly, it's the direct contact that will give it to you. Um, And of course, then also using utensils um, and things along those lines. But what I tell people is to carry around some of those wipes and just clean the surfaces down at work, you know, in your own household. If your kids are coming home, we're all grabbing the handles. And the other best thing to do is just after you've experienced the cold or the flu or cold sore, making sure that you're cleaning and washing all of your towels, um, if they're white in bleach, um, in, in hot water and with um, a good, you know, a good laundry detergent that will kill that those bi- bacteria or those viruses. Okay, very good. Well, all excellent advice, and I may just add in there: there are plenty of individuals out there that are sensitive to scents and uh, stuff in commercial soaps and antibacterial what have you. So you may want to research how to make your own soaps and just carry it around with you when you do go into a public bathroom or restroom and things along those lines. I also personally want to add is keep your stress down. And that can be one of the most um Thing, biggest things that breaks down your immune system and allows that virus and the bacteria it, to, to get a hold on your system. And um, real quick, we have about a minute here, Dr. Pesados. What are some of your recommendations? Uh, we've talked about the exercise uh, to help a person reduce their stress. That's a great one. And I've been trying myself to do that because I noticed that, you know, during busy periods of time, I get excessively stressed out. And what I've really been trying to do is just take a moment to just, whether you want to call it meditation or just take a moment to just collect your thoughts. Um, It really mentally, it does a big thing for you, which then physically and emotionally, you know, can make things better for you. So I just take five minutes every day to just lay there, be one with my thoughts, and take a breather um, because we're all running around, we're busy, um, we have a million things to do. And I just noticed that it really helps my overall health and it kept me healthier. I I haven't gotten as many colds um, because I'm just taking five minutes a day to just meditate or sit and just collect my thoughts. And that's something that I've been doing and it's been working for me. So I, I always give that piece of advice to everybody. It's just five minutes is all it takes. Right, and that that is so true. Meditation is one of the best things to help you guard your heart. And folks, that's what we talk about on this show all the time, is guarding your heart. And, and I'm not talking about the beating heart, I'm talking the I love you with all my heart, heart. Dr. Pesadas, Thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, I hope that our audience really got a great message. Until next week, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Bye.